welcome to Home Builders. We're going to go ahead and get started. Great to see everyone that's able to make it today. And uh, pray that you're doing well. Happy New Year. So uh, let's read this together. Philippians 3.13. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. This is my annual lesson. Uh, I do this every year in some form. We've changed it a little bit over the years. But I do this intentionally because I think we all need to recognize that his mercies are new every morning. God actually cares about our lives. And there are times when we need to take a, and this is a perfect time of the year, to take a new beginning or a new view or a new look at certain things in our life. To ask ourselves the question, what in my life has been going well? What in my life has not been going well? Has not been, I've not been focused on the Lord. I've not been serving the Lord in this particular area. I've not been giving myself to the Lord in this particular area or uh, have asked for forgiveness for this or have given forgiveness in this to this person or whatever because of uh, life and its circumstances. And so we take this time to be a new beginning. But remember, every morning is new, is a new beginning for us. And that's why, you know, it's very clear. And there was evening and there was morning. It is a new day. There's a new day, a new way to begin. The principle of stewardship. And you've heard me say this multiple times if you've been in this class for a while. That we are stewards. A steward doesn't own anything. A steward is one who manages something for his master and his Lord. Okay, in this case, who is our Lord? Who's our Lord? Jesus. Now, the, the hardest difficulty is when we want to make ourselves Lord. When we want to put ourselves in that place to say, no, I'm going to make the decisions. God, I don't trust you. Just like Eve, who was deceived. You know, said, no, I, I'm not going to, tr I'll trust Satan over you, Lord. And ultimately then death comes into the world. God is the creator and Lord of all. Okay. Psalm 24, verse one. Someone read this for me. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Everything is the Lord's. God is over all. God is the creator of and Lord of everything. He's the creator of your life. Okay? He is the creator of every human being. He's the creator of all living things. And from that creation, God has a plan and a desire. And what we have to do then is how do we fit into that ultimate plan of the Lord? Christians are to do everything for the Lord and his glory. In other words, it's, it's not just for our happiness. You've heard me again say this multiple times. The goal of the Christian life the goal of being in a relationship with God is not to be happy. Okay? But often, we become deceived in our own thinking. To think, God, if, he, if he's love, what he wants for my life is to ultimately be happy. Even if that means sinning to be happy. And we know that's false. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Okay? And so, in other words, God's desire... What he wants us to do is recognize that he is Lord, that he is God. 
and that his plan is always the best plan for us. His word, uh, even like the song that we sing today, I have to be honest, I changed the, name, the words to the song again, okay? And, and basically the songs that, you know, we, we sing about it, and it, you know, your, your love is a firm foundation. I, I agree with his love as a foundation, but every time I sing that song, song I said change the word love to word. <laughs> because I trust that his word is the firm foundation. And if I use the word of God as my foundation, I will understand the love of God in my life. But that's just me. I like it. I, I change the words and try to make it more theologically correct. <laughs> Colossians 3.23. Someone read that for me. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for you and Okay, so the first thing, everything that we do, we do it for the Lord and not for human masters. We, how many of you are, are, some of you are retired, praise the Lord. Some of you are not. How many of you work for a living? Okay. How many of you have a boss? Okay. They want you to do for them. Do what I want you to do. And we do. Okay. It's not like we're, yes, women and men. You know, but at the same point, we do what we're asked to do. But when I do it, I'm not doing it for Liberty University. I'm not doing it for Josh Rutledge uh, or, you know, my bosses and all the way up the chain to Jerry Prevo, okay, David Nasser. I do it for the Lord, okay, because, because that will affect everything I do. Because there are going to be times. When even if those of you who work get to work in a Christian environment, sometimes your Christian environment won't always be Christianly. And if you if you think well, you know, I, I've got a responsibility to do this. You know, I'm in a, I'm expecting everything to be perfect. It's like no, 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 no. There is no perfect job. There is no perfect employment. There is no perfect situation. We live in a world of people who are fallen, and they will sin. And they will disappoint you. Okay? I may disappoint you. I hope not. That's always my prayer. But I may disappoint you. Pastor Jonathan may disappoint you. I heard that he called people. I didn't get a phone call. You know? Oh, my. You know? It's like, all, all he, he didn't mention my name. Just like he said, I know there are other people here today. He intentionally says that because he doesn't want people to feel hurt. Why didn't he remember my situation? Did you let him know? No, but he should know. All pastors should be omniscient. We're not. You know? Cool. So whatever, whatever we do, we work at it with all of our heart. And the heart, obviously here, isn't the, the, the organ that pumps blood. It's everything about us. Our, our will our decision-making, everything about us. Work at it with your whole being as working for the Lord. And then 10, 1 Corinthians 10.31, someone read that for me. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the Lord God. So we do it with all of our heart as unto the Lord and to his glory. For his glory. Everything. And it includes the things of eating and drinking. So everything that you do then, even in the mundane things of life, is to be done for his glory. So in other words, 
uh, you know, when you're sitting here and you're engaging with the scriptures, you should be doing it to his glory. Okay? I know at times I can become white noise and, you know, this information is just, I'm talking and you start focusing on, uh, you know, I wonder, what, I wonder where she wants to go for lunch. You know, I wonder, if, and we start thinking about our problems. Uh, you know, that hot, hot water here is ready to go out. I, I got to figure out how I'm going to, and we start thinking about that, 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 that car, my engine light's on. I wonder what's wrong with that. I've got to figure out a plan. To, you know, and you're thinking about all kinds of things. But remember, in everything we do, whether we're driving on the road, whether we are, uh, you know, spending time with family or friends or ministering to people or whether we're grieving over a loss of a loved one, in everything that we do, we do it to the glory of God because we're putting him in his rightful place. He is Lord. I'm not. I don't understand why bad things happen. I will never be able to understand that other than the back in the garden of sin. But ultimately, what our desire then should be to do it for his glory, for everything that we do. God blesses faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 4.2. Someone read that for me. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Faithful. You've been given a trust. You've been given the responsibility to live for the Lord. And the scriptures have given us multiple things that we are to do. Let's just do this real quickly. What are some of the things God has commanded us to do? Yeah. To their complaint to raise our children according to his way. That's yeah. One of the things Lauren said to me, I feel like it was pushed down our throat. I'm like, no, we're told to raise you in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's the whole point. Yeah. But, but when ultimately, and I'm not trying to make it a personal analogy here, but when we don't want that in our life, people often will say, you're just shoving your religion down my throat. Yeah. What they ultimately are saying is, I don't want to hear it because I feel more comfortable living the way I want to live. You know, and they run from it. That's why Adam and Eve hid when they felt shame. And that's why isolation from church from the body of Christ, from other believers, is never healthy. Stay in community. Always be with brothers and sisters in Christ who can encourage you and stay in the word. It's required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. What else? What else has God commanded us to do? Sandy. Uh, do all things without grumbling and complaining. <sighs> she would bring that up. <laughs> Bob. Love your neighbor. What does God command us to do? Forgive as we have been forgiven. What has God commanded us to do? Meditate on his word. Meditate on his word. To seek his face. Yeah, seek him. Be obedient. You think through this. And we have to ask ourselves the question to, you know, see, remember back at the, the, when I started the class, the question was, are we being faithful with what we already know? Are we being faithful with the knowledge that we already have? And see, there's a lot of things that we already know to do. And if we don't do it, to them it is sin. sin. ESV says this, moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. And that's what we are. We're God's stewards. 
that we should be found faithful in the Lord. Everyone will give an account to God. Every one of us, every human being will give an account of ourselves to God. Romans 14, 12. So then each of us will do what? <laughs> Pretty biblical statement, isn't it? Every one of us are going to give an account to God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. And again, this is in the context. Romans 14 is dealing with the issue of Christian liberty. People, Christians who have disagreements with each other about various things. Meat being off, is it right to eat meat off of idols? What day of, of worship do we you know, celebrate? Is it Saturday? Is it Sunday? Is it up every day of the week? You know, all kinds of things that Christians can disagree about. Okay, and the bottom line becomes, he says, you know, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. So ultimately, each of us are going to give an account of ourselves to God. Don't focus on somebody else. Okay, focus on your relationship with God. What are you doing? In, what's your attitude? Are you grumbling and complaining? Okay. Are you witnessing for the Lord? Are you being light and salt this year? Okay, are, what are you going to do to share your faith with others? What are you going to do to live out this Christian life? The value of goals. And so when, when we look at this year, what I'd like for you to do, the hardest thing to do right today is, again, I, I just become Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. I finish out this 50 minutes of class and at 12 noon or someplace close to that, we get out of here and each goes our separate way. We go to lunch and we go home and we start our week. And some of us are going back to work tomorrow and others are praying about it and, you know, and trying to decide what to do and finding someplace to go and whatever the case may be and having things done. This class and this notes, these notes, I would like for you to consider keeping with you this week. And as an individual or as a couple, or as a family, sit down together at some point and talk through it. But at least as an individual, that you begin thinking for yourself, God, what am I going to do to establish goals for this new year? Goals will do several things. Goals will give you direction in your life. You'll know where you wanna go. So when you sit down, you go, okay, what is it that I wanna do? You want to accomplish something, okay? It's the GPS of life. That we begin to say, where do I want to end up at a such and such a time? Just like Pastor Jonathan is saying, as a church, do you want to participate in the, you know, let's read through the Bible in six months. And here's how you do it. That's the goal. Then the plan, it, it, all these things, it provides a standard for choosing activities. You know, well, what do I have to do to get that done? Maybe for you, you can go, I want to pay off debt. Or maybe I want to get an education. Or maybe I want to get a job. Or maybe I, you know, you start listing the things that things that you want. Okay, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something spiritual in your life. I want to end this addiction. I want to uh, work on this particular sin that I struggle with. And we see a goal. Then we have to figure out, okay, what are my activities to achieve that goal? All right. So we set that up. Maybe it's something that you want to accomplish in your job. I want to be able to accomplish this this year. Okay, we set these goals up for us. And they also help motivate us, to keep us motivated, to keep going, to achieve what our desires are. And it provides milestones along the way to see how we are progressing. I love, you know, I say this every year, I love when I go on trips 
mile markers. And when I'm going someplace and I see 322 miles of it's like, you know, and I, I've seen this one, you know, one mile, two miles, three miles, it's great. You know, I love seeing those because I see something accomplished. I see where I'm going, I see where I'm getting there. And it's awesome. Or when I have the GPS on, it tells me, drive on this road for 49 miles. Yes. And then I look down and it says 35. And then it says 18. And I'm like, yes. Internally, I'm loving this. Because I'm getting ready. You know, and then it says, you know, when I get down the, the it's in seven tenths of a mile, actually it's a female's voice, you know, but it, it, I'm not gonna fake it. In seven tenths of a mile, turn right on this highway. It's like, yes. And then I get on that highway, and I don't hear the most disturbing phrase in the world. What is that disturbing phrase? Recalculating. Or 237 miles Exactly. But you know what? Goals also help you recalculate, too. Because sometimes we go into it with unrealistic. We'll talk about that. It gives a measurement device for evaluation. How are we doing? How are we actually accomplishing what we intended to accomplish? The principles of goal setting are several. We set goals with a positive attitude. If you go into goal setting with, with, as a grumbler, as a complainer, okay? Your, your husband or your wife sits down and says, okay, let's set some goals together. Uh, you know, I hate doing this. I don't want to go to do this. You know, it's like automatically you're going into it with the wrong attitude. It's just, it's, it's a bummer. You know, it's just nothing's going to get accomplished because you're not going to have the right attitude, et cetera. My recommendation is go into it with a positive attitude and then pray over goals as a family. Okay? Involve yourselves as, as, a, as an individual, as, maybe with your parents, maybe with family, uh, siblings, maybe with your spouse, maybe with, if it's appropriate, with children, okay? To bring them in as a part of it. What are we going to do as a family this year? What are the things that we want to go over and grow in? It doesn't mean you have to tell them your private, sinful desires. Okay, honey, this year I'm not, you know, you don't have to go into private sins. Um, you know, what you do need to do is talk about what are those goals that are important as a family. Set goals that are reasonable yet involve an element of faith. Okay? In other words, I'm, honey, I'm going to read God's word this year. I am so glad, Lou. Finally, you're reading God's word. I'm going to read a verse a day whether I like it or not. And it's like, great. You know, super accomplishment. By the end of the year, you'll get through Genesis. <laughs> write out your goals now this is the hardest part people don't like to write out their goals why pardon they're more tangible they're more tangible it's a reminder you have a record of what you did not accomplish you have a record of what you didn't accomplish if that becomes the case But what's, what's the value in writing them down? Accomplishing them. Accomplishing them. What else? Accountability. Yeah, accountability. That's great. It helps you define them as well. Absolutely. It helps you to define them. Go back to number two under values. It gives you a standard for choosing activities. Yeah. It, it helps you to make sure, am I really doing the right things, you know, um, to get where I need to go? 
making a commitment. You're committing to them. Absolutely. And I love, you know, if you, if, well, you, I've thrown them all away now, but almost every single day at work, the first thing I do when I walk in is I have a three by five card. And I will start with the one, two, the priorities. Usually I start with emails because I hate them the most. You know, and I take care of emails and I'll, you know, and then everything I do, and when I'm done, I cross it off. And I just, because I need that. I need encouragement. I need to see that I'm accomplishing what I've set out to do. And we have to be flexible though, okay? Sometimes we become unrealistic with our expectations of ourselves. And we, and we go, okay, maybe, maybe reading through the Bible every month is a little bit more than I was re recognized, you know? I wanted to read through the Bible 12 times this year. Wouldn't that be great? And how many, have, has anybody ever done that? 12 times? No. Yeah. <laughs> in a year, 12 times in a year. Yeah, yeah. Now, how many of you have done it one time in a year? Okay. Well, these are good goals to set. Okay. But I think sometimes we can get, you know, too anxious. It's like I'm going to work out an hour a day. After the first day, you're in traction, and the next day you can't walk, or do anything, Sandy. Absolutely. I, no, I think you're right on target. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Being flexible helps us to have balance. But it also helps us to have balance so you don't overdo things or underdo. You need to find that balance. Absolutely. Be flexible with yourself and with others. See, you know, can we give grace and flexibility to others around us? Reevaluate your goals when necessary. Okay? Reevaluate them. Go over with them. Understand, you know, is, is what I'm doing making sense? Maybe I even set goals that not were unrealistic, but were unnecessary. And I may need to readjust them. Types of goals. There are immediate goals that must be accomplished within a month. Having a personal family devotions. Okay? Making an immediate decision. Okay? Then there are short-term goals. Examples of within the next year, establishing and living by a budget, going on a missions trip. Now, here's the thing that I would like for you to do, okay? This is, I don't give a lot of assignments. I don't give homework in this, you know, class, but I want to do that this time. What I'd like for you to do this week, okay? Pick a time when you can fill in each of these goals, the intermediate and the long range, okay? What are your immediate goals, personally and as a family? What are your short-term goals? What are your intermediate goals? The one with one to five years, pay off a loan, earn a degree, buy a house, whatever, okay? And then the long-range goals, okay? We're gonna get out of debt by, and you go say 20 years, great. I wanna have the house paid off by, <coughs> what year? And you work towards that goal, or whatever the case might be. You just set those types of goals and work on it then as a family. Suggested areas uh, of goal setting, and this is on the, um, the back page, okay? 
So your personal life, okay? And I give several suggestions here, right? Bible study in your prayer life. So in your personal life, are you having a meaningful Bible study and prayer life? Now, I understand there are, there are stages in your life um, in which what you want to do is challenging. When our girls were little and they were getting ready for school, I, I, my personality is um, when I read, I, I, I can't listen to music. I can't have noise in the background. For me, it must be silent, okay? So it was challenging when our girls were little to do my devotions in the morning because they were up early, they were getting ready for school. Now, I, yeah, if I was spiritual, I could get up at 5 a.m. and I, I'm not that spiritual, wasn't that, okay? To get up at five and do that, I just that wasn't me. Okay, I just communicating. That's I'm I'm a morning person, but not at five a.m. Okay, I need eight hours of sleep, and I wasn't wet, willing to go to bed at, at nine o'clock. Okay, that just wasn't me. Uh, but nevertheless, since we've been empty nesters, I have so enjoyed getting up first thing in the morning. I do my devotions. I read through the Bible every year, um, and I have my prayer time that usually lasts between 20 and 30 minutes, and I so it's a 45-minute time frame for me. That's what works now, but I would never put that on anybody who has kids and think different things in their life, you know, or, you know, you have to be at work at 6 a.m. You know, I won't get up at 4, praise the Lord. I, I wouldn't, but is it important to establish Bible and prayer life in your life? Yes. Continuing your education, what do you want to learn? And that doesn't mean paying for it. Do you realize how much education is out there on the World Wide Web that's for free? What don't you know? Even YouTube videos. I want to learn how to blank. There are plenty of them out there for free. You know, there's collegiate education courses out there for free. Okay, things that you can learn. Well, I didn't get to go to Bible college. You can right now for free. There are plenty of ways that you can learn the Bible. Okay, Develop good habits and minimize the bad habits. You're not going to eliminate everything in your life bad. But you can, and, and let me just say, I know this is, um, this can be challenging. But I, I, I honestly believe in transparency. In other words, I have no problem, even though I may not like what I hear, to ask Cheryl, Cheryl, what are areas of habits that I have that are bad habits that I need to work on? And some of those, she has been trying to work on them for 36 years. Okay? I fully admit that. Uh, here's an example. I'll give you some of my habits that are just bad. I will, I, I am a... If you go to my office, you will see a few things with a, a five-letter word, piles, paper. I will put a piece of paper down because I want to read it later. Will I read it later? Maybe, maybe not. Most of the time, no. And then six months later, I throw it in the trash because now it's irrelevant. Or I need to process this. I need to think about this one, and I put it off to the side. Our garage. And Cheryl started, she chuckled. 
Okay? It would take me, I guarantee you, it would take me less than two or three hours. And I've had stuff in our garage for five plus years. She'd probably say, no, it's been 10. Are you a hoarder? I'm not a hoarder, but I don't like throwing things away. Yeah, because I might need it one day or whatever. What I mean by that is I'm not a hoarder like if you went and you would see hundreds of items. I throw stuff away. I do. Even this week, I got rid of clothes. I said, no, I'm getting rid of that one. I, I, no, I'm getting rid of this one. I'm taking this to Goodwill or I'm, you know, whatever. I don't mind that. But there's certain things that I go, I don't know that I want to throw that away. Or if you went into, for example, I've been given things by my father. Now, can someone give me the time? Because I forgot to bring up my watch. 10 to. 10 to, okay. So, uh, you know, uh, and my dad gave me things that I will never use. Okay? I haven't given, gotten rid of them either. All I really need to do is take some pictures of them and put them on eBay or someplace to sell, whatever you, you use today to sell things. Things like. Um, woodworking tools. You know those tools that are, are like grooves that have the blades at the end that you can use for woodworking? I've got a complete set of that. Chisels? Chisels, I, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful condition. Old. Huh? I'll come by later. I've got tools. I've got probably 25 you know, screwdrivers. How many screwdrivers do you need? 25. 25. Every one that my father gave me, I still have. It's things like that that I just don't get rid of. But one day, I know, as I get older, will my kids even care about most of what I have in there? No. Will anyone appreciate it? No. It will go into a place called a D-U-M-P. Most likely. You know? Someone will have a sale and they'll get rid of it for five cents on the dollar. You know, and I'm keeping it. So my point is, okay, I've got to develop good habits. So I've got to list down what, some, what are some good habits I need to develop and what are the bad habits I need to eliminate. And I think it's okay to talk about this as husband and wife. Now, again, I know that makes you vulnerable, okay? that you may hear things that you don't want to hear or that you agree with. But if you're vulnerable and you're willing to grow in your faith and you love your spouse, even if you disagree with them, then it should be something okay. Even though I disagree with you, if this is how you feel, it's important to you. So I'll work on this. Okay? Family life. Develop deeper relationships. Okay, in other words, Get to know each other even better. Have meaningful conversations. I know that can be difficult with parents and children. How's it going? How was your day at school? Fine. What did you do? What you know? What was your favorite subject today? Recess. Our lunch. Lunch. Some will say it, think, but they don't go into detail about it. You're just, you're trying to have this one, but have you done, you want to do that with your children, but do you do that with your spouse? Because when you open the door to hear about their day, do you want to hear their day? Oh my gosh. I, all I, it's like going to a nursing home and say, how are you feeling? 
<laughs> How was your day? Do you really care and love them enough to know? Are you communicating? Develop a deep in your spiritual home life. What is it that we can do as a family to develop this more? Develop a plan to spend more time together. Let me tell you something. If any of us in this room got COVID or got a disease and we're sitting in a hospital bed, we're not going to care about what we've binged, what we've watched. We're going to care about people. If we're about to die, the only thing we're going to care about at that point is how deep of a relationship we've had with others and ultimately our relationship with the Lord. Have we cultivated that? Have we worked at that? Have we strived at that? You know, was it worth, honey, I'll do the dishes. I'll vacuum because you've been doing this all day or doing this or that. I, I'll do this to make your life easier or I'll, I'll do this. Or it, we, we help each other. We strive for each other. And you notice that blank at the end of each of these. Ultimately, it's designed to help you to focus on that for yourself. Your church life. My admonition is attend as often as possible. There's no guilt here or perfection. You know, there are a lot of people who can't or don't feel comfortable coming to church. And I understand that. They may be watching, but even that can be a distraction at times. You know, you're home, you're going to watch it, but then something happens and whatever. Man, i got to go to the bathroom. And you just get distracted by stuff and your mind gets out in here. Attend as often as possible, but with a purpose. You go not to just fill time and space, to, but to really grow in your faith. Find a place to serve using your gifts. Find a place to go, okay, where do I want to use the gifts and talents God has given me to edify the body of Christ? at Thomas Road Baptist Church. And find that place. Start or continue to give financially to the church from a biblical perspective. In other words, not, not from a guilt trip perspective. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. Obviously, I believe in tithing. I believe in giving back to the Lord. Uh, you know, God has been so good to us. You know, and, uh, you know, there are multiple examples of it in Scripture. But I think that you need to be in a relationship with God that you study for yourself and come to a conclusion of how do you honor the, the Lord with your money? How do you give from the Lord? Okay? And your evangelistic life. Okay? Ask God to open the door of opportunity for you to witness to family members, immediate or extended, co-workers, neighbors. Who is it? Pastor Jonathan gets to do this frequently. Once a year maybe, once every other year at least. He'll say, who do you know that you want to share the gospel with? Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a coworker. Who is it that you want to share your faith with? Maybe it's somebody that lives in your neighborhood that you see them walking all the time or you see them out and about, but you don't even know if they're a believer or not. What's amazing to me is the number of people who come up to me at times, and it's, it's good, but they said, you know what? I started praying for my coworker. And I prayed for them and prayed for them. And God opened up a door of opportunity. We're just together. And I go, hey, can I ask you a question? Um, and they ask him a question about their faith. Oh, yeah. I'm a Christian. I go to, and they name the church. But we act at times, maybe because of being uncomfortable in a workplace, 
were undercover Christians, you know? Is that who God has called us to be? I don't think so. In our financial life, be a steward and not a spender. In other words, everything that you own isn't yours if you're a follower of Christ. It's the Lord's. How are you taking care of what the Lord has given to you? How are you taking care of your car? Are you changing the oil? Are you changing, rotating the tires? Are you taking care of it? Are you, are you taking care of your home? Are you taking care of your body? Are you taking care of the things that God has given to us? We're a steward of everything we have. Are, are we taking care of what God has given to us? Establish and live within a family budget. This is probably the one area that is missing in most homes today. In fact, most people don't even, they just expect, like they live by their credit cards and they just watch the bank account. You know, they just kind of look to see, oh, this is how much I have, this is how much is left, this is great, but they don't live by a budget. In other words, they haven't sat down and say, well, what are we gonna spend on food? What are we gonna spend on going out to eat? What are we gonna spend on entertainment? What are we gonna spend on our mortgage or the things that are important? Obviously the priorities first. And if we're not careful, we go, where's our money? Well, honey, look at the checkbook. Look at the bank account statement. That's where it's went. Man, I didn't, you know, you start looking up. We went out to eat 27 times this month for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. You know that it cost us $1,000? Yeah. I didn't think it would cost us that much. Establish or maintain a plan to get out of debt. You, that's a plan, okay? You gotta strategically plan that. Plan and invest for your future, okay? In other words, put some of your money away for the future. Invest, you know, and I, there are, there's, there's obviously uh, money management principles that are taught at this church and plans and studies that you can go through and do that and, and fill in the blank. Folks, this is a new day, a new day, a new year, an opportunity to putting those things behind us that are in the past and pressing toward the prize of the holy calling in Christ Jesus and to make choices in our daily life that will honor and glorify him in everything that we do. And my prayer is, is that we'll all do that this year. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray your blessing upon each one of these individuals, families, and I pray that we will plan in accordance to your word our days, our weeks, our months, and year ahead. God, give us vision and wisdom because we all need it. None of us in this room know what a day may bring forth. But may we learn to trust you each and every day to follow your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. Have a great day and year.